0: Welcome to the Scoop and Score podcast. Do they worry you at all? Are you worried? More gold. My
1: boy. Yeah, right. Yeah, right.
0: Your host, Stephen Khan.
2: What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to the start of the 2019 college football season. Today, I've got an interview previewing the Big Ten Conference, uh, as well as giving a uh, special in-depth look. At the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, if you stick around after the pod, uh, or after that interview, I should say, you'll you'll get a little bonus content. I'll keep that a secret for now, but uh, some of you, some of you Met fans out there, may be interested in listening a little bit further. Uh, before I get it to that interview, let me just remind everyone that uh, this this program is brought to you by RentLikeAChampion.com. Uh, I highly recommend for any college football games you go to this season, better to rent a house than to stay in a hotel. And if you're going to rent a house, use rentlikeachampion.com. They've got great selection of houses, great customer service. And if you use promo code SCOOP, there's like a decent chance that you might get $25 off. I don't know for sure, but give it a try. It doesn't hurt to try. And with that, let's get into the interview.
1: Okay, now to help preview the Big Ten, a first-time guest of the Scoop and Score podcast. You can find him writing for MLive.com, primarily covering the Michigan men's basketball team, but also uh, covering some of the football team and the conference, uh, the Big Ten conference overall. Andrew Kahn, welcome to the Scoop and Score podcast.
0: When I was last on the show after my final episode, some said no force. On Earth or Heaven, could get me back on this podcast, but they were wrong. I'm back.
1: That of course a Jurassic Park reference. You you were known for your your pop culture references, so far as they were limited to the four and I guess now five Jurassic Park movies that you have seen. Um, but how does it how does it feel to be joining as a guest?
0: Uh, it's, it's a little strange. To be honest, um, you know, I have my own podcast now, a uh, separate podcast, I should say. I had my own podcast. as a Scoop and Score podcast. I created it. I'm responsible for what it's become.
1: Uh, well, there's well, you're doing work. You, there's now going to have to be heavy editing on this episode, so you're making my life a little bit more difficult, but so be it.
0: But yeah, it's a little strange, but hey, I want to congratulate you on passing your test. Hey. Be the first, Be the first to do it. On the podcast,
1: I I appreciate that. Uh, In other life updates, it feels appropriate since you're you're here with me uh, this this evening. I should announce to our listeners that, uh, and it's just about three. I I would have to look back at a calendar. It would be just about three years ago tonight that I walked out of my apartment to CVS and bought approximately four hundred dollars worth of deodorant. Yes. And I, I'm down Something to I uh, I am down to three sticks of deodorant. One is uh, is kept at our parents' house, uh, for, so that I have a stick of deodorant there. One is in like my basketball bag, uh, and and I'm down to just one as like my everyday deodorant stick uh, here in my apartment. So. They're all accounted for right I- ex- wow. ex- They're all open. They've all, you know, there have been swipes on each. So I am at the point where uh, for the first time in, in over three years, uh, I will be purchasing deodorant uh, before before the year is out. Wow. Yeah. So wow. that just, uh, it's a way to measure time. Uh, and And I hope our listeners are appreciative of, of the time that we've had together and the time that we will share going forward. But without further ado, let's talk about the Big Ten, and let's start with your alma mater, the Michigan Wolverines. Now, when you go back, they lost five significant impact players on defense when you got yeah, uh, what? You got, you got David Hill, the cornerback. You got Chase Winovich and Rashawn Gary, the defensive end. David, David, David Long. David Long, what did I say? David Hill? Is there a, Oh, oh Hill is uh, is the current guy. He's still there. Yep. Yeah. So David Long, you got you got Winovich, you got Gary, you got uh, Bush, uh, and you got and you got uh, Tyree Cannell. Um, yeah. So that how can how can Michigan be expected to replace five impact players like that on the defensive side?
0: Well, they, they've been through this before, where they lose you know uh, some some great players on that side of the ball. And, uh, you know, you wonder, okay, geez, how are you going to replace, you know, Jabril Peppers, and how are you going to replace Mohurst Hurst, and how are you going to replace, uh, you know, guys like that. There's, there's another defensive lineman I'm, I'm drawing a blank on. He's, he's in the NFL right now. Uh, Wormley, Chris Wormley, um, but they do. And all of a sudden, you know, no one really was talking about Devin Bush, uh, you know, a few years ago, uh, and the guy turns himself into, you know, All-American and top 10 NFL draft pick. So, there, there are guys there, uh, Ready to step up? I think. I mean, I think the defensive line will be strong. Defensive ends, uh, you know. In particular, I think I think they'll, they'll wreak some havoc in the, in the backfield. Get after some quarterbacks. I like Josh Uche a lot. Cole uh, Hudson. He kind of plays that, that that what they call the viper role, kind of hybrid linebacker safety uh, type. Um, yeah, they've got uh, Quiddy Pay, another pass rushing force. Um, these are guys that didn't play uh, didn't get a, a, a ton of snaps you know the last last year or the last couple of years because again they were just there were guys in front of them um, but you know you'll see them on the on the field a lot more uh, this year and I think they'll be doing doing some damage Aiden Hutchinson that's another guy he's a sophomore um, yeah I think these guys are gonna be sort of sort of household names in the big ten at least um, you know by by the end of the season so I think they've got uh, They've got some pieces, and you mentioned you mentioned Lavert Hill. Um, you know, he's a, a will compete for an all All Big Ten spot um, at corner. Um, yeah, there, there's still plenty of talent on, on this defense, and I mean, Don Brown, their defensive coordinator, is just kind of uh, there, there's really no one out there that you could say does a better job than he does. So,
1: yeah, I think so, be all right there. yeah, I mean the secondary certainly with with Hill, as you mentioned, Josh Metellus returning, and, and Ambry Thomas, who's who's certainly an athlete. Uh, I, I don't how what do you so think Tom, of him as a, as a corner
0: yeah so Thomas well he, he was gonna be a starter there but he's uh, he, he's gonna miss the start of the season um, he's got he's got colitis Ew. which is a uh, yeah chronic uh, digestive disease of, of, of some sort uh, he, he's lost a lot of weight and he's not uh, not practicing or anything right now. It doesn't sound like, uh, you know, they're always pretty coy on, on injuries, but they told us that, um, you know, it was just, just last week or two weeks ago they told us that. So, um, yeah, it's that, that, that's a blow. So even if he was, you are saying maybe he was a question mark, he still was going to be, um, you know, that starter opposite Hill. And, uh, yeah,
1: that's... Who, who fits in there now? Is it Jalen Kelly Powell or...?
0: Yeah, they haven't, you know, they haven't... Uh, you know, announced who who it's going to be, but uh, yeah, that's that's certainly uh, he's certainly an option there for sure.
1: Yeah, and uh, of course you mentioned Cleek Hudson. I mean, he's he certainly he was an impact player last year, uh, you know, in that front seven. The the only real uh, one of the stars in the front seven that, that didn't leave. So certainly uh, you have to expect it's it's more of a, a reloading uh, than it is a rebuilding job there. But obviously, uh, you know, not many teams are going to replace that much. NFL talent and and be able to produce at the same level now on the flip side the offensive side of the ball returns I you know almost an embarrassment of riches at the receiver position um you know running back seems to be a question mark although uh they have a talented freshman there that you can you can tell us out tell us about but of course uh of course returning Shea Patterson at quarterback and a, a good chunk of the offensive line what's uh, what's the offensive outlook for Michigan
0: yeah, I mean they got they got a, a returning. You know, if he, he can get Shea Patterson can get through the season healthy. I mean, that, this will be the first time in a long time for Michigan that they you know, returned a starter who was then able to to play most of most of that season. It just really hasn't happened for them um, for for various reasons. So yeah, they they're very happy with what they've got there, and that includes Dylan McCaffrey. He's going to see the field. Um, how much we'll see, uh, but Harbaugh has said he he wants to you know play them both. Um, yeah, the receivers, spot on. They've got a lot of talent there. Donovan People Jones, Nico Collins, uh, Tariq Black is, you know, healthy. So it, you know, it's like they're not they're not relying on him, which is kind of nice for a, for a five star. Um, and then uh, Mike Sanders still is a freshman who's who's come on strong. I like him a lot. Um, yeah, there's there's talented guys uh, there. Uh, the running back situation is a little more uncertain. Zach Charbonnet is, is a um, highly touted freshman. Um, a lot of people think he will, you know, be the the number one back, um, you know, by the end of the year. Um, but early on, they got a guy True Wilson, former walk on. Um, you know, he's kind of the most most experienced returner that they have at that position. Uh, but I think it'll be a little bit by committee to start, which seems to be how kind of college football is going anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I, that that's, it would not be. Honest to say, that is a that is a strength of this team, that's for sure. Um, but you can you know, just talk in skill position, we can talk offensive line, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, the offensive line, you know, you've, you've got Runyon as a, as a fifth-year uh, left tackle, and and the interior of the offensive line was, seemed to be strong last year, and I would expect is, is strong again this year, especially with uh, Breedison and, and Ruiz. My question, and, and as a Notre Dame fan already looking ahead to that Notre Dame-Michigan game, knowing that we have... Multiple good defensive ends. I th- tell me why whoever ends up playing right tackle for Michigan is going to be able to hold up over the course of the season.
0: Well, I mean, they, they hired Ed Warner uh, going into last season, and uh, he made uh, to coach the offensive line, and he made great strides with that group. Um, you didn't see it really in week one against Notre Dame. It looked like this is the same old you know Michigan offensive line that's struggling, but. The group really did get better as the year went on to the point that they were they were good. They were above average. Um, and, you know, with, with everyone returning, um, the thought is that they're going to be really good. I mean, you know, you look through some of these magazines, these national preview magazines that rank, uh, you know, the position groups in the country, and I'm seeing Michigan's offensive line uh, in, in the top ten, you know.
1: So. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of people, you know, Bruce Feldman in particular is someone who has said he thinks he'll be one of the best lines in the country. Um so yeah certainly goes in line with what you're saying here.
0: Um yeah but that you know that right tackle spot was uh, that was that was a battle. Um it was you know a battle that was going to go right up until uh opening week and, and even I guess into the first game it sounded like um until Andrew Stuber uh friend of the pod I guess we could say um <laughs> got got injured. Uh so that that took him uh took him out of the mix there. Um so now you know just what what was a battle um is no longer. Uh, it's going to be Jalen Mayfield, a sophomore who saw the field at times last year. Um, but Michigan's—they're okay with that. It, w- it was a battle where they liked—they liked both guys. It just, you know, no one had, um, you know, separated himself. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, so I, I guess I can't say that's necessarily the weakness, just because that was where, where the battle was happening. But um, you know, they like—they like the unit overall.
1: And no doubt the offensive line and, and keeping Shea Patterson. And as as you're saying, I guess also Dylan McCaffrey protected, will be crucially important as Michigan it sounds like goes to a new look offense, possibly the the most important newcomer of all for Michigan, new offensive coordinator and play caller, Josh Gaddis. What's uh there's a lot of buzz a lot of buzz in the national media about this being one of the most exciting uh, assistant coach changes in the country this year. What's what's the buzz around Ann Arbor?
0: Yeah, I mean it's the first time that uh since Harbaugh's been in Michigan, that you have a
1: true, you
0: know, offensive coordinator who's, who's the play caller. I mean, it was like the process was a mystery, um, you know, for his first four years here. How's it working? It was sometimes, you know, Harbaugh would say, well, this guy calls it, and then I, you know, but I get the final say, and, you know, it's passed on, and it was it just seemed overly complex. Um, and you saw Michigan, uh, I was like, you know, watching the – uh, the tape of the Michigan Notre Dame game from last year, as I was, you know, previewing Notre Dame on mlxt.com, and uh, seeing how slow, how often, you know, uh, Mike Tirico calling the game and saying, "Got to hurry here if you're Michigan," um, you know, getting to the line and, and just not really, uh, uh, not having that sense of urgency. Um, they struggled to come from behind in games um, because of that. Now they have Josh Gattis. They think they're finally pairing their, you know, what's been an elite defense the last several years with a a modern offense. They're not going to huddle. You know, the plays are going to come in from the sideline with those big, you know, goofy pictures. Uh, And, you know, there's going to be more RPO stuff as one-pass option plays. Um, And it's just going to be trying to take advantage of, uh, you know, mismatches. His Gattis' whole big phrase is speed and space. That is his – uh, his motto, um, and you know, he wants to take advantage of Michigan's playmakers. We talked about you know, several of them, the, the wide receivers. They want to get their the ball in their hands quickly uh, and often. So, yeah, that that is a big deal. You, well, you always do your research, dude. You know, you know the national scene.
1: I know, I know uh, and some Gattis. things. Gaddis
0: is, Gattis is uh, a, a big hire. He's a first-time play caller, and he's pretty young. Um, you know, came from Alabama. Was at Penn State previously. Um, so, yeah, he's he's got. Uh, He's over, You know, he's he's had a hand in some pretty explosive offenses, um, and it's like, all right, it's time to be, you know, a little more modern. And and, and Harbaugh, you know, in particular, says, you know, the hire was made be to take advantage of, you know, his quarterbacks skill sets since Patterson and McCaffrey so yeah I think it's a, I think it's an important uh, you know hire, but we'll, we'll see we'll see how it actually looks as you know this yeah. yet another yet another kind of new look and a new offensive coordinator for, for
1: Michigan yeah I guess only time will tell if, if when the chips are down say early in the season against army and you know that kind of game you're only getting seven or eight offensive possessions and and we'll see if if Harbaugh does truly stay hands off the leash and and let's get us uh, Go ahead and, and call the entire game. You mentioned getting the ball out uh, to all the playmakers. Will is the expectation that the base offense for Michigan will include three wide receivers uh, to get Black Collins and Peoples Jones all in the field at the same time?
0: Uh, I would think so. I mean, it's it's hard to say. They don't you know they don't have many open practices or or anything like that. But um, uh, you know definitely Peoples Jones and Collins are going to be out there a lot. Black. I mean, let's, let's kind of see what he can do. He's he's looked. He's looked like Michigan's best receiver at times when he's been out there. Um, you know, as a freshman he did, I guess, through the first you know, few games. But um, he just hasn't had uh, – he just hasn't stayed healthy. He's got bad feet. So, uh, but, yeah, he's healthy now, so, so we'll see. Um, now, you know, we went we went real real uh, micro with Michigan, which I think is good. I mean, we do. You know, you really get into the nitty-gritty. But, um, you know, if you don't mind, if I take a step back here for a second and just say, you know, this is the year for Michigan. I mean, you're, you're going to hear this from national people. This isn't necessarily a you know, original thought, but it, it, it's definitely true. Um, you know, what has been their, their problem, uh, you know, from not just Harpa but going back even farther, it's been beating Ohio State. And now, the last time they did it, it was, you know, when the, the year before Urban Meyer came. And now Urban Meyer is, of course, gone. So, new coach, uh, new quarterback, uh, and Michigan, you know, has, has the edge at quarterback. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this, and they get him at home. So it's almost like, geez, if you can't beat them this year, you know, when are you going to do it? Um, and if it's, you know, the year to beat Ohio State, that, that pretty much usually means in the East, it's the year to uh, you know, get to the Big Ten Championship as well and compete for a playoff spot. Uh, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan State, uh, all at home for Michigan. I'm not saying that the schedule is easy by any means. I got to go to Wisconsin for the Big Ten opener. They go to Penn State as well, um, but. You know, it sets up. It sets up that it, it sure seems like, you know, this this is the year for
1: Michigan. Absolutely, and you know, I'm glad to, I'm glad that you pulled back and went macro because that's that's where I'm headed as well. Before we get into uh, teams outside of of Michigan in the Big Ten, I would like to sort of put a bow on on Michigan our Michigan discussion here. We didn't uh, have any discussion uh, about content here before we started speaking. I don't know if this is going to get in the way of other other previews that you'll be doing in your work. If I run down the schedule, are you prepared to uh, to say win or loss for each of the 12 regular season games here for Michigan?
0: Uh, yeah, sure.
1: All right, let's do it. That's, uh, I've, I've been doing this with, with my other guests that have been previewing their teams. Uh, right off the bat, I'm just going to look for one word, win or loss. Uh, for, for each game. And and, if, and you can provide color uh, after we get through the 12 games. But just win or loss to start here. I'll read them down, okay? Okay. All righty. Middle Tennessee State. Win. Army. Win. At Wisconsin. Win. Rutgers. Win. Iowa. Win. At Illinois. Win. At Penn State. Loss. Notre Dame. Win. At Maryland. Win. Michigan State. Win. At Indiana. Win. Ohio State. Win. All right, you've got Michigan going 11-1 and one. now. During your time on the Scoop and Score podcast as a co-host, you were known for wildly inflating uh, the Wolverines' <laughs> expectations. Yeah, I, I should have asked, what, uh, what, what obscure defensive tackle do you think might... Uh, get invited to New York for the Heisman this year. Um, so, it, you know, that that would certainly be a big year and uh, would certainly win the Big Ten East. Any? Do you want to give any color on, on any of those specific matchups? Uh, you know, Penn State being the only loss, what what do you see being the uh, major concern there?
0: Oh, it's, it's tricky to pick. You know, you do you do this doing the individual games or whatever. I mean, I just think, I think they're gonna they're gonna lose a game. I, it, it could definitely be the Michigan State game. Could be Notre Dame. Obviously, it could be Ohio State. I mean, okay, now I'm just announcing all their their better opponents. But um, yeah, I mean, I just yeah, that that's that's one on the road. Uh, you know, it's a, it's the whiteout for Penn State. Um, they certainly have some issues. Penn State. I mean, they re- they're replacing a, a legendary quarterback in that program um and a lot of other parts as well but uh yeah i think they've got they've they've recruited really well the last few years and um they have a a lot of speed on that team a lot of athletes and uh yeah they could they could potentially give michigan trouble uh but was partly i I do think i don't think they're going to run the table so uh and that was just the one that i thought was maybe the most likely
1: that's a very fair answer now as you may remember i uh I go through every Power 5 team and pick out every uh, every game on their schedule to try to essentially ch- uh, get the records and outcomes of, of every game of every Power 5 team uh, for the upcoming season. So looking at my Big Ten board here and just cherry-picking uh, teams that, that look like they could be relevant. Uh, you know, I see Maryland with a new coach. I actually think they'll probably get off... Uh, to a pretty good start I, I think I have them starting like 5-2 and two, But then faltering down the stretch I see Michigan State with a little bit of a bounce back uh, At 8-4 and four. Penn State I actually uh, I have losing to Michigan And, and struggling uh, a bit more than most people think What are some, what are some teams that you would uh, let's, let's start in the, in the Big Ten East uh, Who are some teams that you would focus on Maybe either overachieving or underachieving What the general expectation seems to be
0: Sure, I'll buy on, uh, you know, I guess we can kind of look at what regular season's win totals were or whatever. Michigan, by the way, 9.5 and, and, and trending towards 10. And I should say uh, I have
1: you know I a 10-2 for what it's worth.
0: Yeah, so I mean, wildly overflating. I mean, 9.5, again, minus 225 on that, but whatever. Uh, I'm, I, I'd, I'd be buying on Michigan State, for sure. Um, you know, there was a lot of excitement around that offense going into last season, and then for you know various reasons one of them definitely being a ton of injuries um they were terrible on offense but their defense is still really really good i mean they got a lot of top end talent on that team um and a quarterback who you know again two years ago there was a lot of excitement about after the season so you know there's, there's definitely still questions uh, some of the other position groups there on offense i, I get did it um D'Antonio sort of just reshuffled his whole staff. I mean, it's like, just, just again, every, every single position coach just sort of just has a, is coaching a different I, position. I
1: always, I always just, find that um, weird. Apparently, it doesn't uh, matter what position you're coaching, but that, yeah, that is a thing yeah. that they do in college football.
0: So, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 you know, yeah, that, that's not going to be, you can't just mark that as a, as a win for, for Michigan by, by any stretch. Um, yeah, who, you know, it's, it's obviously. It, life in the East is, is is real tough for for you know some of the for basically the three teams that aren't Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan State. I mean it's just really hard to to crack in there and have have a winning season. I mean you got to be really perfect. You got to have a kind of a weak non-conference, uh, win those games, and then uh you know there's going to be those couple of games uh, maybe your crossover games against like the minnesotas and purdues that are going to be coin flips and just gotta you gotta win those if you want to get into a bowl um so as far as maryland indiana and rutgers i just i just don't really see it uh happening uh for them i don't really see it happening for for year one in the new coach for the new coach in maryland um you know indiana i, I think the, you know the schedule is just again it's tough they just have not they've they've, they've more than held their own against, you know, the other teams, uh, other than those four teams in the East, but um, I, don't, I don't see them beating any of them this year either. Uh, and then Rutgers is is, is bad. Um, they are bad. I'm always defending Rutgers, though, so, out here, um, you know. <laughs>
1: just, just as a place?
0: And, and no, well, it's just as a program and everything. I mean, they just take so much crap here and, and
1: you know. Well, 77 nothing will do that to you.
0: Michigan, it's like, why are they even in, you know, and it's, look, if you look at their records, like leading up to them joining the Big Big Ten, as much as I was still against it, that's so still still silly, and Maryland shouldn't have been in, and all that uh, conference expansion, I just didn't like. Um, you could see, like, oh, they, they were they were like a solid program, but they just they've just fallen off a cliff since then for a variety of reasons. But anyway, um, yeah, it is specifically in the East. Um, yeah, I mean, I do think in the end it'll come down to Michigan, Ohio State, but but Michigan State will actually absolutely uh, have a say in that game. They'll, they'll you know they'll beat they'll beat one or two of those other uh, better teams there. Um, so yeah, that that'd be the team I'm buying on. I can't really say I'm selling on those other those other teams because I think you know they're not expected to, to do very well.
1: Yeah, um, and and talking about a team like Penn State, you mentioned Michigan uh, having. A lot of their toughest games at home, and Penn State just sort of the flip side. Obviously, Michigan does does come in there, but then a bunch of tricky ones. They have to go to Iowa, to Michigan State, to Ohio State, to Minnesota, even to Maryland, which which could be tricky. Um, so just a lot of kind of those those middle of the pack teams, and then of course Ohio State uh, being an upper echelon team, they have to go there, and that's always tough. Sometimes it's better to just get those get those definite wins at home against the middle of the pack, and and kind of. Take your losses against against some of the top teams, but uh, that's, that's Who's a, that you're talking about Penn State. Penn State, yeah. I have yeah, them. I have, yeah, them, yeah. I have right. them ending up at seven and five with a, with just a tough at Iowa and then Michigan and yeah, at yeah, Michigan sure. State stretch in the middle. Three straight losses. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm expecting there for them. So, um, but yeah, any anything. I mean, Ohio State. You have you have losing uh, you have losing to Michigan. Do you have them uh, expecting any other losses for Ohio State on the year?
0: Uh, yes. I mean, it, it's tough. You know, they they get Michigan State at home. If we didn't already mention that, uh, they get Wisconsin at home. They get Penn State at home. Um, so yeah, some of the the tougher games for them. But they you know they do go to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, they go to Northwestern. You know, they, Northwestern's funny. Win the win the West by three full games last year, and like no one's picking them to to repeat. Um, so yeah, I, I do think they'll. they'll They'll drop another game. But
1: okay, so then sorry, we're not so we're, we're not. There is an uncertainty how, sure. how
0: how exactly good you know this quarterback is.
1: Well, and then we're not uh, we're not stuck with the uh, the, rock paper scissor match of Penn State and Ohio State and Michigan and trying to figure out who comes right, out of right. the east in that situation. So that right. makes things a little bit easier. Um, so I, I am right in determining that you do have Michigan uh, winning the Big Ten East. Yes. All right. Uh, any. Anything to talk about in the West, I And mean, Iowa is certainly uh, always a contender. Minnesota on the upswing, finishing with a nice uh, bowl win last year. And then sort of, you know, Wisconsin's the mainstay. Purdue gets Brom and and seems to be trending up. And Nebraska's every, every media member's sort of, you know, sexy pick this year, sure. uh, led by, uh, you know, second year for Scott Frost and Adrian Martinez in that system. So, really, the West, which has been so down uh, over the last... Five maybe more years uh, of the Big Ten, you know, still doesn't quite have the the top end. Uh, it's, you know, it's not as top heavy as the East, but maybe top to bottom uh, a little bit more strength. So, what can we expect from the from the West Division?
0: Yeah, I haven't you know I haven't focused on all, all those teams quite as much because obviously that's not the division Michigan is in, and they're, they're not playing all those teams. But uh, they are playing three of them: Iowa, Illinois, and uh, um. Wisconsin, um, yeah, I think, I think it'll be, um, you know, an interesting, an interesting race. Again, I'm, I'm certainly high on Nebraska too, it's interesting, we're looking at, you know, the top, top 25 polls, uh, the two major ones, uh, you know, there's only two teams that, um, you know, didn't have at least, uh, eight wins last year that are in the top 25 this year, uh, they're both in the Big Ten, it's Michigan State, which was seven and six, um. And Nebraska is the other one, and they were four and eight, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's like, well, geez, how do you go four and eight, and now now you're ranked? But obviously, there, there's a lot of reasons to so like them. With you know, you look at what Frost did, in his from year one to year two at UCF, and um, you know, very dynamic quarterback, and um, sort of the way they finished last year, uh, you know, winning. I think they won four out of six to close the year, and we're, were in those other games too. Um, or at least or you know, early in the year they lost a couple that they definitely could have won. So uh I'm I, I'm I'm buying I'm buying the Nebraska hype. Am I picking them to win win the West? I don't I don't think so. Um you know I haven't I haven't like thought about that specifically who who uh who I see coming out of there but I, I guess I'd you know, these teams have question marks though too. At court you know, Wisconsin has question marks, at quarterback, um you know, is this year Iowa, you know, kinda of just they do this every now and then, where they you know break through and do better than just. Kirk Kirk
1: Ferentz will get a 12-year extension.
0: All right. So, uh, and then yeah, like you said, Purdue's uh on the rise. Uh, Illinois is going to be really bad. Um, I think. Uh, you know, I looked into them pretty in depth as, as they play, um, Michigan. I don't know as much about uh, you know, Minnesota. I'll be honest about them. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think I think I might. Uh, I'm almost talking to myself into the Nebraska, but uh, you know, I'd say I'd say Wisconsin or Iowa. I think will will win that West. I guess I'd have to look at the the schedules, who we'll get to at home, um, a little more closely there. But um, yeah, it, it, I mean, it's definitely the weaker weaker division uh, by far. But I get what you're saying. Maybe that. Uh,
1: uh, Illinois. Outside and, of Illinois, uh, outside yeah, of yeah. Illinois, there's no bad team. Whereas, sure. uh, you know, we both expect three teams not to reach bowl eligibility. Uh, yeah, but again, that's probably
0: because they're in the East. You know, if you flipped them, would it be much different? I mean, maybe. But I mean, our. our you
1: know, that's a fair point. Uh, Minnesota
0: and Purdue, are, you know, good enough to beat. Uh, you know the Indiana, the, the and Maryland. In the I, I would, anyway.
1: Okay, yeah. Oh, sure.
0: I'm saying Michigan and Ohio State and could say If they had to play them. You know, because that's what that's what Maryland, Indiana, and Rutgers face four names right. against Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan State uh, every
1: year. So that is a uh, that's a good point. All right. Well, you pretty uh, you pretty well covered the Big Ten for us here. Um, I don't have any real next question for you. Do you want to? Do you want to? Where do you see this Michigan season ending? Eleven and one. You you've got them. In the Big Ten Championship, do you have them winning the Big Ten Championship?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you you always just sort of, you know, pick the East in the Big Ten Championship.
1: I would uh, uh, I would I would typically agree, although uh, a preview for my next spot I might have Nebraska making a little bit of an upset bid there, but uh, mm-hmm. but that's just a, a preview for the folks. Well, twelve and one, I would have to think would uh, most likely get the Wolverines into the playoff. The question is, at that point, is this team strong enough to contend with a Clemson or an Alabama? Because you have to assume you have to play one of them in the semifinals. Because because most people would expect that they would uh, they would be one two uh, heading into the
0: playoffs. Right. Right. No, I, I mean I don't think so. Right. The gap is still. Still pretty big after those two. Is and it it not?
1: it's probably getting bigger. Uh, I mean, yeah. with what Clemson, in particular, is doing in the last couple of years of recruiting uh, in this 2020 class that hasn't, uh, you know, that that won't sign for another five months. But yeah, it's it's probably getting bigger. Uh, I don't think I don't think anyone will be beating Clemson either of the next two years. So,
0: right. I mean, it's just uh, uh, yeah, it's 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 very interesting. Um, now all, with all this, you know this. More transferring. I don't know. Everyone thinks there's more transferring. I don't know about the numbers, but um, you know, depth becomes a concern for, I guess, some of these teams losing losing some some younger guys. Like, I mean, how many Georgia quarterbacks are going to be starting this year? How many guys who started? Well, there's the a sliding door. University thing. of Georgia.
1: There's a sliding door situation where I have to uh, I have to give credit to, to Stuart Mandel in his mailbag uh, just recently talking about you know Jacob Eason getting hurt. Uh, in week one of the 2017 season, which opens the door for Jake Fromm, which then opens the door for Justin Fields to decide to go there. And Jake Fromm was originally committed uh, to, I want to say, Alabama. Anyway, yeah, originally committed to Alabama, to Otago likely would have gone to USC. There, there's a whole bunch of, uh, patient zero is essentially Georgia, and uh, and. There's just the whole Sliding Doors thing of... of having it's the last a, it's five a classic years
0: Sliding Doors situation. You know, it,
1: it's it's Sliding doors, is what it is. I doors. I don't know what that means. The I'm doors be, and the do. sliding...
0: It seems like it should be either a revolving door...
1: Or no, I think Sliding engine. Doors, what I think it is, is a move, no. I, 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 I This is embarrassing, because what I'm doing here is... Bill Simmons always references a Sliding Doors moment, and I have just subconsciously, kind of, through osmosis... Uh, done the same thing so that's I oh, have never yeah. seen it I is a movie and it is about you know what little things oh. can can change your your outcomes and
0: oh, well and then, then that's what it is oh yeah that's, it was appropriate it
1: was appropriately used it's just reference. I'm kind of embarrassed it's just I not used a movie
0: that anyone's ever heard of.
1: yes and I've never even seen it and I've seen most things yeah. um all right so Michigan makes the playoffs loses in it uh Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good preview from you. Uh, do you have anything that you want to? I mean, I can ask you to plug things. I would ask that you not be slanderous, or is there just anything in general that you'd like to talk about before, uh, oh, you before know, capping people, us off?
0: You know, I don't, I don't send uh, my articles out as much. I got to get back to doing that on AndrewJCon.com because I know some people that that's where they got the stuff from. A little different when I was freelancing, and here's a big story here. Now it's just kind of all on the same topic. Um, some of my bigger stories, I should try to try to still get back to doing that, but you know, if I don't, of course you can find it on MLive.com slash uh, Wolverines, I would say that's the, that's the quickest way to find it um, yeah, and our podcast is called Wolverine Confidential if you want to uh, listen to a podcast that's specifically about University of Michigan uh, athletics well, um, yeah. you know that's what and, you know, of course, the going, comings and goings of the Big Ten as well. Uh, sliding doors of the Big Ten. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that's about it. Um, yeah, right. th- you know, thanks for having me back on.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, just, I, we're, we're about an hour and a half away, but just in case I forget tomorrow, let me just say happy anniversary. Let's cover this in right now over the airwaves. Uh, this will be released tomorrow, so the fact that I'm saying it, and it'll be released tomorrow. It'll be as if I'm saying it tomorrow.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much, and congrats again on your test. Is that something you have talked about on the podcast? People know what you're, I'm talking about. No, at all?
1: I don't. I don't okay. like to mix. You know, I like to keep my private life very private, as most listeners will know. Um, outside, outside of deodorant that, habits.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that's not, that was not the case when I was a co-host of the Scoop and Score podcast. But so be it.
1: Yes, I'm uh, now. I, I'm now very. Uh, I am now very credentialed to be, you know. Before it was questionable whether or not I was qualified to uh, be hosting this podcast, but uh, but that has changed uh, in the last week. So so that is good. I have gotten my official podcasting license. Okay. Well, all right. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll maybe we'll get you back on again sometime uh, in the next couple of years. Sounds good. All right. Let's go Mets. All right, uh, that was good.
0: All right, you listen, can, uh, you're probably ahead of me. Okay, I got, uh, got two guys on here to the count is full. All right. To JD Davis.
1: Very good. Let me know. Uh, let me know when a pitch is thrown. The pitch swung on, driven, <laughs> that deep left field. Battle with the ball game. I think uh, I think I'm gonna have to keep the podcast uh, going just a little bit longer to uh, oh to end. Oh my it with gosh, are they, gonna, are, they gonna, are they gonna disrobe? He, let's just—he's not wearing a shirt. He's wear—he does—he does have an under—he does, does have an undershirt on. But uh, yeah, yeah, they
0: could have truly nothing underneath. Yeah. I and mean, I guess I, I guess I'd have to you know feel what a uh, you know. A nice modern MLB jersey feels like on my skin. I feel like I'd always wear something
1: under a baseball. Probably, jersey. but if you've got the body like Michael Conforto, then you're just you're 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 just playing games hoping someone will rip your jersey off. <laughs> it's a strange
0: thing that they do now.
1: It's becoming a funny thing. And now this will be Gary Cohn's first ever appearance on the Scoop and Sport Podcast. Yeah, Hopefully right. the volume will be loud enough to pick that up.
0: That was exciting. I mean, I didn't. Uh, I, mean, I never really liked the bunt, but we actually got it down, which we haven't done.
1: We kept a, a cool head. We kept a cool head when we blew that. When we gave up the lead in the ninth, we kept recording like professionals, and we did a nice job throughout this entire thing.
0: We didn't panic, you know.
1: We didn't panic. panic. Where, I mean, where, where would no panic? It would be right up there with Timo time.
0: Where where would this team be without J D.
1: Davis? Well, it's just, thank God so many of the trades didn't... Thank God people got injured. Thank God McNeil's... I mean, McNeil would have been traded to the Mariners, and if we had Lowry, J.D. Davis probably wouldn't even be on the team. Just thank goodness that things happened that didn't allow this GM and manager to screw things up.
0: The sliding doors. (laughs) I've always said our, you know, for years, our our kind of under-the-radar signings and trades or whatever... Usually are good. It's the splashier ones that that aren't. Yeah. And I mean, I hope that's not the case with Stroman, Although, who do we give up for him? Another prospect or two? Right yeah.
1: Who apparently no one said was that awesome. So.
0: Right. Right. But. still.
1: So. All right. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep all this in the pod. All oh, this. Yeah. Kidding. Why not? People are people are thirsty for Mets coverage.
0: Yeah, oh oh here comes the Oh, now we just need Justin Turner to emerge and Ugh. pie him in the face. Yeah, I,
1: Ron is no hitter. I pied him in the face on a no hitter. What a jerk. Justin Turner, I hope he comes on the podcast. And I was roast looking him.
0: for that I was looking for that pie in the Hall of Fame when I went recently. Didn't see
1: it. There you go. All right. Uh, I'm just. This will be the official conclusion of the podcast. That
0: concludes the Scoop and School podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul.